1: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com.
2: Hey there, Joshua Fisher here, one of the producers of the Believe Podcast Network, and we have an awesome show for you guys today today. We're doing the AFC North, a little round table. We're doing a bunch of specials over here at Believe, and we're breaking them up by division, so eight shows, and each team will have a Believe host representing them. Today we have Mark Bergen of the Believe in Steelers podcast representing, you guessed it, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have Tony Dick and Charles Campisi of the Believe in Browns podcast representing the Cleveland Browns. Matt Moderno of Believe in Wizards podcast. He's stepping over from basketball to cover a little NFL. He's representing the Ravens. And then we got Chris Prody of our Believe in the Draft Analyst show. He's an expert in his field. He's representing the Cincinnati Bengals. Enjoy this one, guys. Awesome football talk. Here we go.
0: We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Oh!
3: clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box, back out to Allen, History three-pointer, tie game. Gives it to Jenkins
0: for the championship. He's going for the corner, he's got it. Bases loaded, two out. White, back at the wall. Time game! Cena!
2: Before we get into this awesome round table with a bunch of hosts, just a friendly reminder that we are brought to you guys by True Classic Tees. Super excited about this sponsor, style is changing, formal wear is out, and t-shirts are in. True Classic tees are my favorite. It's based in Los Angeles and a t shirt company that's on the rise. The t shirts are soft, they hold up in the wash, and they're incredibly versatile. You could wear them out, you could wear them to work out, or you could wear them around the house because we are all around the house right now. And the best part, they're incredibly, incredibly cheap, only $15. And now you could get them for even less. Go to TrueClassicTees.com and use the code at checkout, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at TrueClassicTees.com. We are also brought to you guys by LinkedIn Jobs. Yep, LinkedIn Jobs are back. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come, and the only place to find the perfect hire is on LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast linkedin looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly it's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with linkedin and why companies rated linkedin jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires find the right person for your business today with linkedin jobs you can Pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Well, guys, now that those are done, go check them out. And now check out this awesome round table with some NFL talk.
4: Enjoy. I'm Mark Bergen, and I'm here on behalf of the Steelers.
5: I'm Chris Tripodian on the phone, and I'm here on behalf of the Bengals.
3: I'm uh, Tony Dick, uh, here on behalf of the Cleveland Browns.
6: I'm Charles Campisi. I am also here
3: on behalf of the Browns.
6: Uh, Matt Litternell, here for the Ravens.
2: And I'm Joshua Fisher, one of the producers of the Believe Podcast Network. And you just heard all the gentlemen that are going to be on the show today introducing themselves. You got Mark Bergen, believe in the Steelers podcast. We got Tony and Charles of the Believe in Browns, Matt Moderno of the Believe in Wizards podcast. But he's filling in admirably for his boys in the Ravens. And then we got Chris Pote, who covers all the teams he's one of the draft analyst guys with tony pauline and he's covering the cincinnati Bengals, who currently hold the number one pick in the nfl draft in case you didn't know gentlemen how's everyone doing today Outstanding. As outstanding as he can be, I assume. Everyone looks nice, at least, and looks doesn't look too weathered, all things considered.
6: Um, you have some low standards, my friend.
2: Oh, please. please you should see me at 2 a.m. in a bar in Los Angeles. It only gets worse. Uh, the <laughs> Anyway, going on from that, uh, crazy time in sports, obviously, but the NFL offseason has taken the sports world by storm because that's all we really have right now, and we're just about 10 short days away from the NFL draft. Uh, it's a big draft. It's a draft unlike, we, unlike anything we've ever seen before where, you know, pro days are gone. We don't have the in-person meetings. We've missed out on a lot. So a lot of people are going by Zoom calls like we're doing now and by tape. Um, but it's a good division. The Ravens. You know, were huge last year, Lamar Jackson, uh, MVP season, the Steelers, everyone thought them for naught, um, but that defense turned things around and made them competitive. Uh, We have the Bengals, who obviously have the first overall pick, but things look to be heading upwards, hopefully, and we have the Browns, a lot of expectations, they fell short, but new regime, hopefully that swings things around. Gentlemen, I want to ask this question. Um, and it doesn't have you don't have to be play home bias to your team that you're representing today um, It could be any other team in the division if you take away the quarterback position So we're not including Lamar Jackson. We're not including whoever the Bengals draft. We're not including uh, Big Ben or Duck Hodges depending on how you feel right here mark and we're not including Baker Mayfield Which team has the best overall roster in the division? I'll- Take it off, whoever feels free. Uh,
4: And I think the easy answer is the Baltimore FC North last season, back-to-back years that they've done that, and how good Lamar Jackson was as an MVP. But the question that you have to have to ask yourself is this: since this division was reconfigured in 2002, there hasn't been two, three kind of winners of the AFC North of the same team three years in a row. And that's something that the Ravens are vying to do this season. Considering that the Steelers are going to get back Big Ben, he turns 38, but in 08, led the league in passing yards. You'll get James Conner back, the running back, injured for a vast majority of the season with a shoulder injury. Mm. Juju Smith-Schuster missed time with injuries. And this was a team that went 8-8 eight and eight with an offense that was absolutely putrid, absolutely dismal. So I think... The quick answer would be the Ravens probably at the top, but the Steelers aren't too far behind. Browns and Bengals have some ground to make up. Fellas, I'll let you jump in. Tony, as Charles. a Ravens
7: fan, From Matt. Go ahead. I, I would just say, as a Ravens fan, I, I think the nature of our fan base in general is to sort of underrate our team and overrate everyone else in the vi- division. So, uh, to me, I, I would say they're actually like reasonably kind of close together on paper.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a fair shake chris tony i would say
6: yeah i would say uh, i wouldn't disagree with baltimore being up there um at the top i would disagree a little bit with pittsburgh i think that defense right now is a little overrated um i think they have a great coach i think mike tomlins is a heck of a coach but uh i don't know what you're necessarily expecting from big ben i don't know if he's gonna be what he has been and uh Granted, they've dealt with those head cases. <laughs> yeah. You see what happened with Antonio Brown and, and Le'Veon Bell once they left there. So, kudos to that organization for being able to run that. But I don't know if that talent, just straight raw talent on that roster, um, is as good as I would say Cleveland. You know, I think Cincinnati's probably on the bottom right now. But I think Cleveland, you know, when you're when you have some guys like Miles Garrett, you got Nick Chubb, you got Kareem Hunt, you got OBJ, you got Jarvis Landry, there's a lot of talent on that roster. Whether this organization is able to harness it or not, I think is a discussion that can be had, and I think you know lends definitely to maybe Pittsburgh being considered um, executionally better than the Browns, but uh, talent-wise, I think. They're they're at least on par with each other. I, I would definitely probably give the nod, though, to Baltimore across the board um, from a straight talent standpoint.
2: When you say the Steelers' defense is overrated, do you think people are just overhyping them with the number of first-round picks they have and looking too much into that draft stock? Draft- I think
6: Mike Tomlin's a great coach. Having worked with Coach Tomlin when I was – sorry. I think Mike Tomlin's a great coach. Having yeah, – We're getting a little lag here, so – I'll go. Uh, I think Mike Tomlin's a great coach. Having worked with Coach Tomlin when he was down in Tampa, Mm -hmm. I think that guy nails his X's and O's better than most coaches uh, in the history of the sport. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. So I think he maximizes that defensive talent. I think if you gave him the Browns talent on defense with Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams as his DBs, that guy is turning that defense into an elite level defense. Whether we can do that in Cleveland or not, yeah, I'm not sure. I hope so, um, but I think he maximizes that talent, and that's why I say, from a talent standpoint, I think that that team's you know overrated from the way they've performed. They're not because their coach is so good. He elevates the quality of that talent, and so you know, like you said, if we're just j- doing raw talent. I think the Browns have more talent than that Pittsburgh team. I don't think we necessarily have better coaches, so I think they get more out of their talent, which leads to better performances as we've seen for the last 20 years. Yeah, and absolutely. Charles, I think
4: we're on the same page here, too, considering Pittsburgh went 8-8 eight and eight, despite scoring 10 total touchdowns in its final nine games of the season. So you're talking about putrid offensive production, and you look at the Browns, though, with the talent that they do have on their roster, and on paper, it looks like an AFC Pro Bowl team. But here's the thing we have yet another season with the Browns where they've got a first year head coach in Kevin Stefanski and a first year defensive coordinator in Joe Woods. So, are the Browns coaches able to harness that? That's the big question. And that's the big question with a team with the longest active playoff drought in the NFL, haven't made the playoffs since the 02 season, and the second longest active playoff drought. In North American professional sports, Oof. only the Seattle Mariners have a longer active playoff drought than the Cleveland Browns right now. So you're, you're talking about the Browns' talent, but when push comes to shove, year after year after year after year, they're not able to get it done. And a lot of that is the stability from the from the management and the ownership, and that trickles down.
6: Oh, and I don't think I don't think any Browns fan is disagree with you on any of that. But if we're talking just raw talent, if you asked Mike Tomlin which roster he would rather have from a defensive standpoint with the Browns or the Steelers, he would say, I would love to have the Browns talent because what I could do with that. You'd have to give him
4: truth serum to do that, but I hear you.
6: Yeah. And that's, that's all I'm saying. Yes. Yes. I think, yeah. Like you said, we're on the same page. You know, two sides of the same coin.
2: Hope hope no Mariners fans are listening to this podcast. It's a <laughs> raw dig at the Seattle Mariners, Mark, out of nowhere. Uh, Tony, Chris, you want to weigh in on this?
3: Well, at, at this point, I, I mean, I, I think going back to the I, – I, I think anybody who disagrees with Baltimore is just – being the top is just crazy, so we'll take that out. But, um, you know, getting back to the Steelers-Browns discussion, I, I mean, the, the one reason I will give the the – the Steelers an edge over, you know, the Browns or Cincinnati is maybe not who's on their roster now, but their ability to elevate their roster quickly through the draft. Um, you know, and, and as far as the two defenses go, I think Tomlin would love to have um our talent on the edges maybe and and on the corners, but I would like to have uh, the Steelers' ability to draft linebackers. Um, if we could just have that ability, to clear, yeah, right, because right? that is the one strength they have. I mean, they they load up. Yeah, with linebackers Every year. a lot of times it's guys you've never year. even they're not on your radar and um, we've been not good at that <laughs> to put it politely I mean we've been terrible at drafting linebackers here just and, linebackers. Um, I, I just <laughs> I, I just feel like you know to have that ability to identify talent is, is what's going to elevate them you know above Cincinnati and Cleveland a lot faster because they've been doing it consistently for the last 30 years yeah. I mean they just they win the draft uh, every year quietly yeah you know, it's totally not people, people but they quietly win every year
2: tj watt at the 30 pick was a great pick i mean they they nailed unfortunately shazier went down uh they were patient with bud dupree and they move up to get devin bush and they're not afraid to move draft capital obviously for mika fitzpatrick uh chris we'll, we'll close out with you in this section what are your thoughts
5: i mean i would agree with the ravens at number one but i, I don't think the steelers are are too far behind i i, I Get the idea of the Browns having a lot of talent on that roster, but a lot of that pure talent athletic ability hasn't really done that much at the NFL level yet. The Steelers, I mean, they were running pretty much a wing T high school offense for most of the season. (laughs) They ended up being a 500 football team. And, you know, you want to talk about talent at corner, you know, maybe the Browns have have an edge there on pure talent, but Joe Hayden's a veteran. He's been there for a long time, kind of has had a resurgence since he left Cleveland. They have some other good corners. Steven Nelson's a good player, obviously, mm. making Fitzpatrick in that secondary. Yeah. Devin Bush at the second level. And then, I mean, I want to talk about guys off the edge. I mean, T.J. Watt's one of the better pass rushers in the NFL right now. Cameron Hayward is perennially one of the most underrated defensive ends in the league just because he doesn't put up those massive sack numbers. But he's just an unbelievable all-around player. And, you know, you look at the offense, um, you know, it's hard to find a position that is significantly below average. Um, even if you want to say you know james connor's a below average starting running back Mm -hmm. he's still proven that he can be a very good starting running back when he's fully healthy and on the field um you know just what this team was able to do last year without ben roethlisberger and pretty much without any semblance of a passing offense And you look at the talent around you and yes the coaching is always going to elevate players like that but i would definitely put the Steelers at number two with the browns coming in at number three and it's I understand why some people think it's close on paper the Browns have an excellent roster but a lot of those guys have yet to really play like they should play like their talent like their athletic ability and like their potential should
2: yeah and I I think that really goes both to Oldo Beckham jr. in my opinion if I may say as kind of the disappointment over there in Cleveland Um, we've been discussing the draft how the Steelers have utilized the draft in such masterful fashion how the Browns have kind of floundered in years Um, Bengals have been kind of in the mid-rounds And the Ravens obviously drafting super well uh, Taking high-risk, high-reward players And panning out for them Um, I want to hear what each of you guys think Your team should be doing in the draft In the first round And if you feel comfortable going beyond Of course, that'd be great Uh, We'll kick it to the Browns guys first 10-pick It's a big draft, you know, you have Odell, you have Jarvis, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, you have all the offensive pieces, you sign Austin Hooper to a massive deal, you haven't moved David Njoku just yet, you may or may not, you may keep him there, so if you keep him, you have two crazy tight ends, two dynamite wide receivers, two dynamite running backs, and then a solid defense that we've all been dancing around being a good defense on paper, solid, not the Pittsburgh Steelers mark I see making that face, but like a decent defense on paper at the very least. Where are you guys leaning towards the Browns going in the draft? Tony and Charles.
3: Uh, Well, I'll, I'll, I'll list my needs. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, as, as good as all the weapons are on offense, they're only going to be as good as, um, as long they're only going to be good as long as we can keep Baker Mayfield standing up. Yep. Um, so the, the, I say offensive line. I mean, I think you – I know they're not sexy picks, but I I look back to probably our greatest pick in the last 20 years, and that's when we took Joe Thomas um, high in the draft. Certainly we're not drafting that high this time around, but I think at that 10 spot, um, we, we have to go offensive line. I know they're kind of throwing some, some mixed messages now saying that, well, that's probably not the case, um, but it has to be the case. I mean, we have to keep – we have to keep Baker upright in order for this thing to work. Otherwise, you just got a bunch of talent that um, is, is going to be wasted again, like it was last season. I, offensively, we were, we were absolutely terrible last year. Um, and a lot of it stemmed from the offensive line. A lot of it stemmed from play calling too. But you, you
6: got to have the horses up front, or you're not going to get it done.
2: Just yeah, not. you you win the game in the line completely, Charles.
6: Yeah, I think it you know, you're looking like to go back to what we first mentioned, right? If you have Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Ogan Joby, um, uh, you know, Miles, and and now you bring in Claiborne, you need some linebackers, but I don't think that's the primary need. I think that's the second round picks yeah. that you have, that's the third round picks that you have. It's gotta be Becton, Wills, Wirfs, or Thomas, whichever one is available you know at that point I mean you don't you can't control who's going to draft in front of you I don't think it's worth trading up because I don't think anybody can realistically say this guy is going to be better than this guy when you're talking hey that guys that are going to be drafted fourth through 10th on the offensive line you need somebody to man that left side you did a great job in free agency and getting Conklin to come in for you know not not pittance but a reasonable salary (laughs) to be your starting right tackle who was way better than Greg Robinson or Chris Hubbard could have ever been in that role. So you upgraded exponentially from that standpoint. And now you have a chance to draft a guy that's going to be a mainstay of your offensive line at the, on the left side for the next hopefully decade. You have to take that shot. It's, it's gotta be an offensive lineman. And if it's not, then our newly hired general manager needs to be, you know, it needs to be a Browns tradition. Then we need to get rid of him after one year. Sci- um, <laughs> peace out, peace out, girl you know, Scout, real quick. Yeah, um, we're, we're, good. we're really good at that. So yeah. if there's one time when we need to do it, it's when, hey, every single person on the planet knows that you need a left tackle. Bring that damn left tackle in because you need, you know what? The big thing is you need to know what you have in Baker Mayfield
2: yeah great absolutely. rookie
6: season step back in the sophomore year if going into that third year because you're gonna to have to make that decision as to whether you're giving him that fifth year on that that first round pick contract what do you got here is this a guy that you can build the franchise around and this is where i always say hey third round jake Fromm." that's all i'm saying um, Wow. And, and um you need to know what you got from him and you got to take a tackle to be able to prove that
4: Wow. Can I throw one caveat into what Charles just said with the Browns? I think one thing that they really need, that I would just throw a, a cautionary flag with the four guys that he mentioned, and those are the top four tackles in this year's draft. One thing they should be worried about is this. I was Tristan Wirfs and Alabama's Jadrick Wills, they both played right tackle primarily in college. And so Jack Conklin, who they got from the Titans, he helped pave the way for Derrick Henry's single season uh, rushing leader for the Titans last season. He's going to play right tackle for the Browns. So the Browns are going to need a left tackle specifically. Yeah, And that's something of those top four guys, you have to know which guy can play left tackle specifically. And if for whatever reason, one of the two guys that I mentioned, either Werfs or Wills, are, are the only two left. Either Beck, Louisville's McKee-Becton or Georgia's Andrew Thomas are gone. Those guys played left tackle in college. The only two guys left that are really out there, you could maybe go get Trent Williams from the Redskins. Josh Jason Jones. Peters of the of the Eagles is still out there too as a free agent, but he's 38 years old right now, so – The Browns have to shore up that left tackle position, and they have to shore up that position. That's been a void for them since Joe Thomas retired.
2: If I may kick it to Chris, I mean, Chris has been covering the draft like Carol Baskin has been covering her murder tracks for the past few years. Um, No, I don't feel bad zinging her. Like, if we're going to zing the Mariners, she's fair game, too. Uh, Chris... these guys and the Browns were throwing out left tackles, um, tackle options. They obviously do need one, um, and it'd be a shame if they don't go there at the 10 pick or if they trade back and they don't go there in the first round at all. Who do you think the Browns should be targeting? Who do you think they're going to be getting? What's the most likely situation going on at number 10 for the Browns?
5: I mean, based on Cleveland's specific need at left tackle rather than general offensive line or even general tackle, I would say Andrew Thomas needs to be their number one target. Um, you know, as As was already mentioned, Worse, right tackle. Um, Jedrick Wills, right tackle. And these guys, you know, a lot of NFL teams have Jedrick Wills as a guard on their board. Mm. Um, you know, Tristan Wirfs. The, the idea around Tristan Wirfs is he's such a high-floor guy because if he doesn't work out at tackle, you can kick him in the guard, and, and you're going to get a really good guard, potentially a pro Bowl guy. So he has a super high floor, but he's not necessarily a guy that you want to rely on to play left tackle. Andrew Thomas has done it in the SEC. He's proven that he's an excellent pass protector. He's going to be able to protect Baker Mayfield's blind side, which a lot of Mayfield's issues last year, a lot of it was just confidence. His offensive line was crumbling around him. He didn't have time to throw. He was really scrambling around. He didn't he didn't have that same situation where he was able to set up, make plays, and get the ball to his playmakers. You give him Andrew Thomas on the blind side, that's going to be a huge thing for him. So the Browns should really be hoping that Thomas doesn't go in the top nine and falls to them at 10 based on what they need. Um, You know, I I heard someone mention Josh Jones earlier. One guy to think about that doesn't get as much of, I think, in the media, but I think a lot of people in the league like him, is Austin Jackson out of USC. And the one thing about Austin Jackson is he is a pure left tackle. You can argue about the talent level if you want to, but he's a pure left tackle. I'm not saying you take him at 10 because the talent doesn't warrant that kind of a pick. Yeah. Yeah. If Andrew Thomas is off the board and you don't want to look at these other guys as left tackles, I mean, Becton is huge. He's probably a guy that projects to the right side. Maybe some teams might look at him on the left side. But the reality is, if Andrew Thomas isn't there, you don't have a sure answer on the left side. I might consider trading down and gaining some draft capital later in the draft and trying to get Austin Jackson at some point later in the first round.
2: Amazing. Thank you for weighing in there, Chris. Uh, Austin Jackson, great kid out of USC. I mean, there's definitely guys you can get in the second round. It'd be a shame to see a guy like Andrew Thomas not there at 10 for them on the board. But we've been hearing rumblings of the Falcons, the Broncos, um, looking to trade up and maybe get one of those offensive tackles, even though the Falcons used that capital twice last year uh, in the first round with McGarry and Lindstrom. Uh, We'll go back to you in a second, Chris, to hear about the Bengals. I'll kick it to you, Matt. Uh, Ravens, so close yet so far. Um, it seems like they're a piece or two away. Where do you see them going in the first round of the NFL draft? Uh, where do you want them to go as a fan, and from what you've been reading about, what are you thinking?
7: Uh, where I want them to go and where I think they'll go are, are a little different. um I think it'd be the most, uh, you know, Ravens move to to try to trade out of the first round. Yeah, they've either done that the last two years or two of the last three. Uh, but that's sort of like a a, a trusty staple uh, with with the franchise. So. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they went inside linebacker or or guard or you know something something like that just where they where they need a little reinforcing but i just would love like a big target wide receiver they they got miles boykin but just I'm, I'm not feeling it uh so just just somebody that could be a safety valve for for jackson uh other than than you know the 11 tight ends they'll inevitably have on the roster
6: yeah, right. Do you think do you think Justin Jefferson makes it that far? Do you think he no slides? No way. Uh-huh. I do, I No, would, you,
2: no. Right, Chris? Anybody I mean, I mean most
6: people are predicting to the Saints. I mean, that's not much that's not much further.
5: Could be. Lamb. I mean, it, Justin Justin Jefferson is a is a really good player. I mean, the problem with this wide receiver class is it's just so deep. I mean, once you get beyond Jerry Judy and once you get beyond CD Lamb, there's a kind of a jumble there with a lot of guys. I know Ruggs is going to bring that blazing speed, probably, you know, a guy that's going to be very valuable in NFL terms, even if he doesn't put up massive numbers or statistics or anything like that. But, I mean, you have him, you have T. Higgins, you have Justin Jefferson, you have Jalen Rager, you have so many guys that you can make arguments for in that kind of late first, early second round area that Mm. I think there are going to be more surprises than a lot of people expect at the wide receiver position once judy and lamb and probably Brooks are off the board
2: yeah so as a fan you'd like to see them go wide receiver but from a brain standpoint you're feeling inside linebacker and guard is that correct matt
7: there's like a reasonable amount of positions where i feel like the the depth is starting to be an issue and if it's not this year it's the next couple of years like it seems like the pretty much the better player at every defensive position they're on the last year of their deal or they're getting a little older and Uh, You know, can you keep Judon around next year or something like that? Uh, It it just, I don't know, I I would see like one of the either D-line or outside linebacker or inside linebacker something like that being kind of like a a smart, safe choice to to go with in the Mm -hmm. either first or early second round, wherever they end up. Yeah. And you know there's going to be a regression with the Ravens' rushing attack.
4: A historic rushing attack in 2019 set the record all-time most rushing yards ever in the history of the NFL. So to expect that same production in back-to-back years I think is a little bit unrealistic. So you're going to see a little bit of a regression there. But how do you make sure that you can at least try to maintain what we, what your strong suit was a year ago?
2: yeah and we'll kick it back to you i mean there, there's no way they can repeat but they can maybe hope to kind of maintain some sort of stasis there in baltimore um and there are and marshall good...
7: Yonder retiring hurts i mean you need a replacement for a guy like that that's been around that long but but yeah, next to, to, to mark's point I, I think they would try to bolster the the passing attack a little bit to try to make up for the difference there and, and i just you know like is nick boyle really scaring anybody um so you know hollywood brown's great but Jackson can't always get it to him, and if he does, there's not you know, not a ton of opportunity to do stuff after the catch. So, so just somebody with some sure hands, a nice possession wide receiver or something like that, that would be okay with me too.
2: Yeah, according to Chris, there will be wide receivers aplenty, and we all know that this is a crazy, crazy deep class. I mean, like Chris is saying, there's going to be a lot of surprises. Um, it seems like every day, it's like The Bachelor. Some per- some person is in front to be the next guy up. You know, it like changes clothes every time. One day it's Denzel Mims, then it's Justin Jefferson, then it's Ayuk. It changes every day. Um, We'll be certainly surprised and come draft day. Um, One position we may not be surprised at, but hey, you never know, is the first overall pick. Chris, what do you think the Bengals are doing at the first overall pick? Is it official yet? Can we set it in stone? And where do you see them going beyond
5: uh, the 1-1? I don't think you can set it in stone, but I think it's like 98% that at this point it's going to be Joe Burrow. I mean, after the season he had, um, you know, I I was kind of – I don't want to call call it a hater, maybe a doubter. Um, I didn't like Joe Burrow that much coming into the season. Obviously, I was proven, you know, incredibly wrong Mm -hmm. on that, um, as were a lot of other people who thought he was maybe like a fifth, sixth round type of guy. I mean, just you know what he showed in terms of his pocket presence, the footwork he uses inside the pocket. I don't like comparing people to Tom Brady, but I mean, he's he's not the most athletic guy, but he maneuvers around the pocket. He knows where he needs to go to get extra time, and he's insanely accurate when he throws the ball at all three levels. Um, if Tua Tagovailoa was healthy, I might have Tua higher on the board, and, and maybe the Bengals might have Tua higher on the board. Um, but you know, there's teams that are failing him based on his physical. Um, obviously it's a big red flag in terms of not just the hip injury, but he's had knee problems and everything else. He's just a guy that's gotten beat up a lot, and one of the advantages that Tua's game provides over Burrow is the mobility, is the ability to create a little bit more with his legs. I mean, Burrow can do it when necessary, but He's not the athlete that Tua is, but with all the injury concerns around Tua and just how good Burrow was last season in an offense that tends to be one of those offenses where the receivers are kind of productive, Mm -hmm. uh, but the quarterback might put up some numbers here and there, but they don't really produce quarterbacks there. They don't have high-flying offenses, but this past year, I mean, you know, we mentioned Justin Jefferson. Obviously, Jamar Chase is a guy down the road who's going to be a very high draft pick, and obviously Joe Burrow. I, I mean, the Bengals you're picking number one, you have you know, an, an aging average quarterback who's on his way out, you take the quarterback and, and right now I think you have to take Joe Burrow and, and I'd be very, very surprised if that's not what happened.
2: Is that what you would do? You would go Burrow over Young?
5: I, I would go Burrow over Young just because, again, the quarterback position, the importance that that position holds, and obviously edge rushers up there too. I mean, both of these spots are, are huge when it comes to impacting the passing game, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the franchise quarterback, even if he's, you know, a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the NFL, that player is going to be more valuable than pretty much any pass rusher that you can think of. And when you have the opportunity to get a guy like that, um, and, you know, obviously he's picking number one, they have their pick of the litter right now. I think you don't pass up that opportunity and, and you make the move to try to get your franchise quarterback to the next decade.
6: Yeah. Understood. Is Joe Burrow going to be that guy?
5: I mean – you could argue it's a legitimate question because you know the one question mark about him is the small sample size. I mean, as I said, I thought he was a day three guy coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Then he comes in and he starts crazy hot, and I kept waiting for him to slow down because I was like, okay, you know, is he a flash of the Is this going to continue? And he never stopped. And every time I watched him, I just continued to be more and more impressed. And I was like, okay, you know what? I was wrong.
0: Yeah. Um,
5: I, again, pure talent wise, if Tua is one hundred percent healthy and there are no questions there, I take Tua. But There are enough questions there, and I think it's close enough between the two where those injury issues kind of break that tie for me and then put Burrow a little bit ahead of Tua.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm the uh, lowly moderator here, but for what it's worth, I've seen Goff, Murray, Baker, and Joe Burrow play live, uh, unfortunately, against my Texas Longhorns. And I think Burrow is yeah. to oh my god Please put my Put my head in the toilet uh, I think uh, Burrow Has to be The best of the bunch <laughs> The Browns guys are laughing They know how I feel uh, the <laughs> Burrow has to be The best and most talented Of the bunch But I think it's a great point I think people Didn't expect this out of him But that seems to be The norm At least as of late You know No one really expected Kyler Murray to, buy, to go to the NFL Let alone You know Be the number one Overall pick No one saw Baker Mayfield It was Darnold It was the Darnold show the entire year then josh allen then all of a sudden baker mayfield keeps it up and he's the one one it seems to be kind of be a growing trend um in the nfl that guys are willing to risk it on that one year you know burrow wasn't good the year before but they're willing to risk it on that one year uh the monster year and so we'll see what happens but i think it is going to be joe burrow without a doubt but we won't put it well, in i think stock. burrow
6: i think burrow with the defenses he faced last year right yeah i mean he even though yes, it was one year and and we all kind of recognize that. But I think we're all kind of saying, Hey, the one year sample size is outweighed by the, you know, hey, the guy faced what six of the top ten defenses in college football last year and still put up the greatest passing season in college football history. So I mean that's the thing. It's like while it's 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 tough to to do it on that one year sample size, it's also tough to just totally negate like hey this guy did it against elite level competition at yeah. the level he was
4: playing. yeah I mean- he's also an Ohio kid too so don't discount that in going to Cincinnati as well team that hasn't won a playoff game since the 1990 season Ooh. so if he sits for a year if he sits for a year underneath Andy Dalton who's in the final year of his contract that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world either Aaron Rodgers sat under Brett Favre And also, don't forget, in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, who just won the Super Bowl, when he first came into the league, he sat behind Alex Smith, too. So, learning from Andy Dalton, who's going to be 31, a guy who has been a Pro Bowl quarterback before, you know what Andy Dalton's ceiling is, but you have a guy who you could actually learn a thing or two from before turning the team over to Joe Burrow when it's time. Yeah.
5: When's the last time the number one overall pick sat for anywhere close to an entire season though. I feel like I used to be in that, you know, in the camp where lots of players needed a year to sit behind and develop and you could take them in the first round. These days, NFL teams can't take quarterbacks in the first round, especially high, because inherently they're going to bad teams that are going to start poorly and then everyone's going to be clamoring for, you know, Daniel Jones to take over for Eli Manning or whoever you want to say it. If if Joe Burrow is the pick at one oh one He's the starter in week one. I'd be shocked if he's sitting even one game, let alone one
4: season. Here's the flip side to that, though. Since the NFL restructured its salary cap, what was it? Sam Bradford was the last guy who got that huge deal <laughs> where there was no salary cap <laughs> with yeah. rookie yep. with rookie contracts. So what happens in the Ravens are prime example of this with what they're doing with Lamar Jackson right now. They're able to pay him on that rookie salary where he it's limited how much money he makes. And you can absolutely load up the roster around a young, talented quarterback like that. That that would be my pushback to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
7: and Burrow's like thirty-two years old already, right? I mean, you don't have too long <laughs> to wait. The shelf life is only so long.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. We'll go into because Mark, your team is without a first-round pick although they do get a first round A grade having spent that first round pick on the Minka Fitzpatrick, who was close to the top for defensive player of the year. Um, the NFL draft obviously is the highlight of the offseason, but the offseason has been absolutely amazing. It's been the bright spot in sports uh, in the past few months, weeks. Uh, team by team, what's your favorite move that your team made this offseason?
4: It has to be putting the franchise tag on Bud Dupree. And finally, the Steelers make a move with a guy who really up until this season he's in a contract year Steelers fans were questioning whether he was worthy of that first round selection back in 28 2015 so his pairing with TJ Watt is why it's so important Dupree though finally having a breakout season in 2019 11 and a half sacks a career high 16 tackles for a loss and 17 quarterback hits he also had four forced fumbles so That edge rush that he's able to pair with T.J. Watt, which I'm going to give you guys a hot take here. T.J. Watt is now the best of the Watt brothers, and here's why. The best ability is availability. And J.J. Watt 31 years old. He's played in all 16 games only once in the last four seasons. T.J. Watt coming up on the fourth year of his contract, his rookie deal. The team has a fifth-year option available When this guy becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2022, he is going to get paid by one team, whether it's the Steelers or one team or another. But really, it has to be, to answer your question, it has to be the franchise tag on Bud Dupree to make sure that defense is as dominant as it was in
2: 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was looking sour, but had a great 2019 Um, And pairing those two together is a very dangerous dupe off the edge. Browns guys will kick it to you. You made a bunch of moves this off season and stayed pat in a bunch of other places. What are we thinking?
6: Tony, uh, I mean, I'll go then. I mean, I think it's gotta be Jack Conklin. I mean, just from the same point. Yeah. You need, you need Case Keenum to to be a veteran presence and Claiborne's great from the pass rush win rate. Hooper opens up the offense, but there's going to be a lot of two tight end sets because Stefanski and his history, you right, pay attention to some of that stuff. But it allows you to focus on either drafting a tackle in the draft or making sure that, as was mentioned earlier by Mark, that, and I had it in my notes, <laughs> when you sign Trent Williams, I'm going to give you an A grade for the offseason. I got you a B-plus right now. Um, but when Washington releases Trent Williams, because they realize nobody's going to okay. – Nobody's going to – Nobody's going to – do any trade for him because they know he's on the block that when that happens and the Browns bring him in, cause they have tons of cap space, then I'm going to give you an a, but even still, you know what you need to draft that tackle in the drafts anyway, mm-hmm. just in case. Uh, so, but I'm going to say that Conklin's the best because that allows you to focus solely first round draft, take a tackle as opposed to, Hey, now we need a right and a left tackle. Now we just, hey, we need somebody on the left side, which is challenging enough as is to say, hey, we need a left and a right tackle going into the draft. They would have been dead in the water.
2: Professor Tony Dick, what do you got for us? Yeah, no,
3: I I agree with that. I mean, you know, Conklin, you know, not only is he a great pickup, he's probably, if you've listened to our podcast, um, his addition to the team kind of stemmed the tide as far as me talking negatively about the uh, franchise um, because (laughs) – I, I just, I just felt like that offensive line was not being addressed. I, I think a couple of years ago we threw a ton of money into the offensive line and supposedly bolstered it, but I feel like we had just spent a bunch of money. We really didn't get return on that investment, and we haven't taken it serious enough. And I think adding Conklin it gives us a little bit of flexibility as we go into the draft. Um, I, you know, as we stated before, I think we need to take someone with that first round pick, but I, I also think one of those third round picks that we have um that needs to be spent on a tackle too and there's a there's a couple you know guys that'll look like they're going to fall to that spot um I, I just i believe we can't get enough offensive linemen because the other thing you're going to need to to get into is we have zero depth um and you mm-hmm. i think this is and i don't want to go off topic here but it is something to think go about. for it depth is going to be ultra important when you think about it, when we get back to playing, because all it's going to take is one guy to get, you know, he gets a dry cough, and next thing you know, we got him in isolation for 14 days. I don't know how that's going to work right now. I don't think they've they've set that up. But think about that. The teams are the most depth, um, they're going to they're going to be the ones that succeed this year uh, because it's it's going to at some point. I have to believe that's going to become an issue. I mean, that's
5: the case most seasons, I would say. And it's going to be exacerbated this year, as you said, with not only, you know, potential isolation and things like that. But, I mean, these guys have had – this is the most abnormal offseason that any of these guys have had. I mean, you know, people want to talk about, you know, the biggest leap coming from year one to year two because you get a full off season with the team, you're in the facility, you know, you're not a college kid anymore. I mean, these guys, they're at home right now training or they're, you know, at facilities with four people at them, you know, 60 feet apart, or or whatever it is. I mean, this is it's going to be unprecedented. I think the level of injury that we're going to see in the NFL this season. And I mean, obviously, it's a league where guys get hurt all the time. I think it's going to be even worse this year. So that that only kind of solidifies that
3: point there, Tony. Well, that offense and defensive line, those are those are the two positions or two sets of positions, too, where there's contact every play. I mean, there's physical in your face contact there. So I think that's probably the most there's going to be the most susceptible group to both injury and just, you know, getting coughed on right now, I guess could be a, become a problem. Too, it could right?
2: be, wor- be worse than getting chopped in the back. Um, Matt, we'll go to you, man. Favorite move the Ravens made in the off season.
7: I uh, got to go Calais Campbell on this one. Uh, you had Hayden Hurst. Uh, uh robbery. Yeah. I mean, he was, that, that was a bit of a surprise for me. I feel like there's not a whole lot of Ravens trades for, for splashy names. I, I don't know if he's as, the Calais Campbell you thought of you know th- two or three years ago and it's when all about the you baby that's exactly right when you <laughs> were uh, when they were having like 14 14 15 sacks in in a season but you know he he's still a presence and and that was a position in need so um it was kind of cool to see that and plus he's like a good character guy for an older guy too so that that can't hurt for, for some some of the younger guys on the defense to have as an example
2: totally bringing him in is just like another anchor not expecting him to do too much is great and plus, you know, you bring up the Jaguars, and I could think we all can agree here that we're all thankful that we're not the Jacksonville Jaguar franchise. Talk about a team! <laughs> two years ago, what 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 bogus that was! You thought they were going to be the team for years to come, and they just are dried up like the Sahara right now. Uh, Chris, we'll go to you. Move you like by the Bengals this off season?
5: I mean, the Bengals surprisingly spent some money in free agency. Right, it really hasn't been something they've done over the past several seasons. I mean, they really don't go out and they're not aggressive at all. But th- you know, this year they were really aggressive, which kind of goes to the point that was being made before about having a quarterback on a rookie contract. Um, you know, you want to talk about the money that they shelled out to players like DJ reader They give him four years, fifty three million. I mean he's a great fit next to Geno Atkins. Trey Wayne's got fourteen million a year to kinda shore up the secondary a little. But my favorite move, I would have to say I'm gonna kinda go with uh go with the Steelers jive here and it's it's franchising AJ Green. Um, you know, you're mm. Bringing in a rookie quarterback, your offensive line is hot garbage. Um, I know Jonah Williams is coming back, missed most of last season. But, I mean, that was – I mean, Joe Mixon couldn't find daylight for 12 games, 10 games, however long it was until he – yeah, until he, you know, picked it up at the end of the year. You know, the offensive line developed a little bit of cohesion, but that is a very, very bad offensive line. Um, You franchise A.J. Green, you get a receiver in there. They also have John Ross. They also have Tyler Boyd. So you're giving your quarterback options to throw the ball to, and he's going to need guys that he's going to be able to get the ball out quick to, whether it's the three-step drop and, you know, kind of throw a 15-yard pass to the sideline to Green, or whether it's hitting Tyler Boyd in the slot or across the middle. He's going to need guys that he can get the ball to quick. Um, John Ross, you know, and there might be some issues getting him the ball down the field because the protection just isn't going to be there. But you bring in, you bring back a guy like A.J. Green as long as he's on the field because, as Mark said before, the best ability is availability, and A.J. Green really hasn't been available a lot, even before last year. I know he was missing games. I don't, I can't remember the last time he played a full season. It might have been like 2016. Um, but, you know, he needs to stay on the field, and he's going to be hungry on the franchise tag. He definitely wasn't hungry last year. Uh, probably could have returned about midway through the season and didn't. Yep. Um, but you bring a guy like that back, at least you're giving Joe Burrow, or whoever ends up being the number one pick, if it's not Joe Burrow, at least you're giving him receivers to throw the ball to. They lost Tyler Eifert, um, CJ, who's almost a guy. You know, you can get them the ball here and there. Stephen Carter's a restricted free agent. Um, You know, they don't have a ton at the tight end position. So it's very important for them to bring another receiver back. They have two backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield. They don't need to address fast catcher at all in the draft now. They're not going to take a tight end after taking Drew Sample in the second round last year. So they can focus once Burrow, is in the fold or, again, whatever quarterback they end up taking, they're the first pick in the second round too. They can get some offensive line help there. They can focus on other positions to try to build that offense around Joe Burrow so that it's not a complete disaster when he does step under center and just no time to throw and just unable to get anything moving down the field.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All great stuff, guys. Um, we'll close it out because time's flying as we're having fun. Uh, we'll go round table real quick here, all right? Three things I need from each of you guys. So it's not going to be a quick closeout, all right? So don't get so sad. Um, three things I need from each of you guys right here. One thing you wished your team did this off season they didn't. A hot take for the draft and a hot take for your team's future, all right? One thing you wished your team did this off season. hot take for the draft and a hot take for the team's future. could be this season and the season going forward. Uh, Matt, we'll start with you and the Ravens. Matt, Moderno. Uh,
7: the one thing I, one thing I wish they would have done this off was convince Marshall Yonda to not retire. Uh, <laughs> that, that would have been my Beg my starting point. Em. Yeah. Uh, the second one was what, what's one thing we'd like to see them do in the draft.
2: Yeah, what were a hot take for the draft?
7: Uh, the Ravens will take a running back with one of their first three or four picks. That's a very un y move, but that, that's my that's my hot hottest take. We're like the most boring draft team of all time, which is a good <laughs> thing. But that's about as hot as the takes get, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, and hottest of hot take for the team overall. Uh, Lamar Jackson won't be the Ravens quarterback in three seasons.
2: Whoa scorcher right there damn sour view on that one Re- reason why just because of the way he plays
7: yeah it's just tough man i i, I don't know I, it, he's like not a big dude and and he doesn't take a whole lot for for a guy like that to, to get leveled i hope that's not the case obviously not rooting for an injury love the kid but um it's just that, that's a that's a tough ask for somebody to do that and have that level of of offensive burden for you know that many seasons in a row
2: understood Mark we'll go to you man
7: for the Steelers I would have liked to see them
4: figure out their backup quarterback situation I know the team's still high on Mason Rudolph Duck Hodges filled in at at points last year too but when push comes to shove I don't think either of these guys are starters whenever Big Ben decides to hang it up Ben Roethlisberger's 38 years old so even if he performs well this season He's got limited time left and he's going to have to perform at a high level considering he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. In terms of a hot take, I think someone's going to move up to draft Tua Tagovailoa. I just think he was so good at Alabama. Yes, I I question his ability to stay healthy. But at the same time, when that guy's on the field, if he would have never gotten hurt, I think you'd have a serious argument between him and Burrow for the top overall pick. In terms of – my hot take overall for the Steelers: I like Ben Roethlisberger to win comeback player of the year in the 2020 season. He's the favorite right now in Las Vegas, so I, I think he's going to come back with something to prove, coming off that elbow surgery. And again, he's got some he's got some weapons around him: Juju Smith-Schuster, who at times has struggled to be the Batman instead of Robin, in when he was paired with Antonio Brown. So, can he really assert himself as a dominant number one? can James Conner get back to the level that we know he can play at when he's healthy. And if the Steelers are able to get a running back in the draft to complement Conner, I think the Steelers could then establish their ground game, take pressure off Roethlisberger as he returns from injury. This offense can get rolling and at least be a fraction of what the defense was in 2019.
5: Nice. Now, Mark, if Ben Roethlisberger is the favorite, how's that a hot take?
4: Ooh, put it back in the freezer, off, buddy. Hey, Lukewarm. Coming, Luke warm coming off, that's fine. But you're coming off not just elbow surgery, but elbow surgery in your throwing elbow as well. So that would be my counter to that. I, I hear that, I hear that. But also at 38 years old, and is you know he really has to prove is he worth 30 plus million dollars per season. He's got he's got a lot to prove in 2020. He does.
2: Chris, we'll go to you, man. For your team, the I mean,
4: kind of what
5: we were saying about the draft and how the Bengals have no offensive line. It would have been really nice. Would have been really nice if the Bengals. would have been really. Yeah, sorry, it would have been really nice if the Bengals dabbled a bit in that offensive line market. Yeah, um, you know they are definitely relying on Jonah Williams coming back and, and being the prospect that everyone thought he would be. But they didn't make really any other additions. I know they signed Zay Pearson to a um, you know, for I think, three years, nine million dollars. Uh, they got rid of John Miller, who they signed last offseason, and he's already gone. Uh, they Signed a three-year deal and one year, you know, gone. I mean, Suafilo is a guy who's gotten hurt a little bit. He's got over 50 career starts. You know, he was all right last year, but he's not a, a long-term answer in terms of term, terms of the guy that you want starting. You know, for several years moving forward, they only really have one of those players. Billy Price hasn't really lived up to the potential that people thought he had coming out of Ohio State. So it would have been nice to see them kind of dabble in that offensive line market. I mean, you know, signing a guy like a Jack Conklin, like you know, the the Browns guys are very happy about that signing. That would have been a great signing for a team like the Bengals or pretty much any of the other. You know, even I'm a a Jets fan, and the Jets got a lot of heat for not signing any of the top tier guys. Tell me about it. Uh, Hey, I'm not a Jaguars fan. It's okay, Um, but the Jets got a lot of heat for not signing some of those top-tier offensive linemen. But they still filled in with three or four other guys who, you know, they're plugging holes and everything else. But they're at least trying to improve the offensive line and and give Sam Darnold a little bit of help. And you know, I just wish the Bengals had done a little bit more of that um, in terms of a hot take for what they might do in the draft. Um, You know, I know I said earlier that franchising, franchising AJ Green was the move, and Now they have three good receivers, and they don't need to spend draft capital on one. But A.J. Green doesn't seem like he wants to be in Cincinnati long term, and who knows if a new young quarterback kind of invigorates him and changes that. So you might see a big-bodied receiver with that first pick in the second round, whether it's a guy like Denzel Mims or T. Higgins or, you know, if both of those guys are off the board, which would be pretty surprising. Then you have, you know, a Michael Pittman Jr. or a Brian Edwards, those kind of guys. Um, It wouldn't shock me to see them do that because – that's the missing piece in their receiver group. They have the deep speed with John Ross. They have the slot guy who can work the middle of the field and Tyler Boyd. But if AJ Green goes, they're going to need that you know bigger possession type receiver who can win in the air. And you know they are in a position at the top of round two to probably have their choice of those guys because I don't think Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, T. Higgins, Brian Edwards, even Chase Claypool. I don't think any of those guys go in the first round. It's going to be you know, more of the guys, you know, the Judy's, the Lambs, the playmaking type of players yeah. rather than the bigger body type of guys. So that'd be my hot take for the draft is that despite bringing back green and having two other uh, solid receivers who they spent a decent amount of cap draft capital on the past couple of years that they take a big bodied guy in the second round and my hot take for the future. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, within the next four seasons, the Bengals can actually win a playoff game.
2: Ooh. All right lukewarm take giving them a little time but we'll give it to you as mark said oh uh,
5: considering their history that's pretty hot that is know. that is a
2: pretty hot take <laughs> considering as mark said they ever won since the 90s i uh, think they, the browns fans or they think you're in the cellar with them uh, we'll get we'll kick it to you guys tony and charles what are you guys thinking something you love, wish the browns did a hot take for the draft and a hot take uh for the season going forward the browns going forward
6: you, I, right? I, to- I think, yeah, I think the hot take for free agency would have been to get Trent, right? It, hey, that would have been uh, trade the draft capital, even if you go before free agency, just to solidify that offense line and then allow you to take a guy since we literally have no starting linebackers in the linebacker core mm-hmm. at this point, <laughs> allow you to take a guy like maybe um, any linebacker maybe patrick queen right because you'd be drafting later in the draft you wouldn't be able to move up and get trent from the standpoint of hey you're not getting isaiah simmons uh so maybe you trade down with somebody and, and you're able to take patrick queen in the draft um so that would that would have been the greatest off-season move from my standpoint is to hey fully solidify the offensive line that would have been awesome to be able to do that. The hot take for the draft for me, I said it earlier. I think this team needs to draft Jake Fromm in the third round when he's available. Um, I also think either he or Jordan Love are actually gonna be the two best quarterbacks out of this draft. One of those two guys. Wow. Um, that's that's my hot take. That's a super hot take. Everybody scorcher. else is going mildly warm take my shirt off, that's so hot. Uh yeah, I'm going, you know, Miami in late August with my hot take here. <laughs> Uh, uh, my hot take for the future is that uh, from is actually going to be the first Browns quarterback, um, to win a playoff game in the new incarnation of the uh, and that's it. Jesus, fire, those, in those the, are hot takes right there. Fire yeah. in the you know, hole. hey, if, if you want me to go lukewarm, right? You know what? I can go, uh, we don't want that. You, something. We, you know, <laughs> this is fresh out of the oven. I just made the pizza, I'm putting it together. I'm bringing it out, nice and fresh for you. It's not reheated. It's not anything. This is super fresh hot takes for you.
4: Scorching takes. The ghost of it. I think the ghost of Kelly Holcomb finally just emerged after that. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs>
2: Tony, wow. care to add to that, my friend? You want to throw some flame I, on the flame? I
3: agree. I agree with the. Um, I agree with the Williams. Yeah, it would have been nice. I, I get. I get wanting to wait and see what happens, but at this point we we need to we need to move. I mean, I think last year that was a wasted year. We did not we brought in talent, but we didn't do anything with it. We didn't move forward. We're kinda in the same spot we were last year. I think going after someone like Williams and solidifying that line and just saying, hey, we're done, because if you have got him in Conflict and yeah. you, you know, it does give you a ton of flexibility with that 10 spot. Which you know we're in we're finally in a good spot because it seems like when we drafted high there wasn't the right guy there when we drafted low we would have to move up I mean we're finally at a spot where at number ten we could get a, a great line. But, you know there, we could fill a void at that spot other than a tackle um so <clears throat> getting that but but you know the focus like I said the focus was on the new uniforms and uh, you know get the, uh, the practice facility repainted i mean you know the, the, the focuses but the, the to go along with the the from in the third round a guy that i would i would like to see us taking the third round along with from is this uh I, you know i'm gonna screw up his name but I, i've seen him playing he's, he's outstanding is this prince Tega uh Wanoga.
2: yeah the, the, at auburn
3: at auburn i'm telling you if you watch the kid and you just read about him a little bit I think he's the, he's the kind of talent that he's going to probably be a third rounder, maybe maybe second. I don't know if somebody will take a fire on him in the second mm-hmm. round. I think that would be a reach. But he's probably going to be a third or fourth rounder. But I think he's a kid talent-wise. When you're looking to build depth, I think you take him at that third round if unless we can get him later. But I would say if he's available at three, you take him, you plug him in, and I think he athletically is a guy you could teach – him to play multiple positions and those are the kind of guys we're going to need uh, i just think athletically he's great I, I I don't know i just for whatever reason when i when you watch him play he just he looks like a special kid and, yeah um, totally if we, if we take him and from in that third round i'd be happy with that third round
2: nice team from over there in cleveland interesting to hear wow <laughs> out, out on baker already all right fair enough can't argue not out on
6: baker but you know what at this point in the NFL the way it runs with quarterbacks when you are unsure you got to have a backup plan and you fair. you know hey look totally at look at Washington fair. with what they C- did between Cousins and, Griffin and yeah, Cousins absolutely
2: man absolutely and Those
3: if plans. you if you look at wise, a lot of Oh, I'm sorry. Talent wise, no, I don't have a rip on Baker. I feel like he has talent as far as physical talent throwing a ball. But the one thing this team has desperately needed since ninety nine, and we have not had since ninety nine, is an actual team leader. And while Baker, I get the uh, you know, the bravado of him and you know, you spread around and like, I don't know too many winning quarterbacks in the league that are that way. That yeah. you know, a team leader. To me. He doesn't check that box off with the way he acts, and I just can't get over that because it so just – I don't
4: know. No, yeah, totally I, I don't totally think he's going to have as many progressive commercials this off season as he did a year ago.
2: It's just like more – you have guys like Odell like that on the team already. It's just a bit more flash than they need. Sometimes you do need a Flacco-esque guy who's yeah, he's not a sexy player, but he comes in, gets the job done, leads the team, and is kind of a locker room guy and can get them to that next step. Um, Baker's just got to mature. Totally got to mature.
3: Well, and especially when you look at the egos that are in that. Yeah, exactly. Already, there's not enough room for another big ego.
2: No, especially with the guy with the loudest voice. You can't have that. You can't yeah. have that. Um, guys, great stuff all around. Uh, if you see Alexander Disopolis, the other producer, his name kind of pop in there. My phone's on low battery. Um, And he's just there as the backup in case I needed to quickly switch. So I didn't want to alarm you guys there. But that's it. We've done it. We've done the AFC North, gentlemen. Great stuff. I'm glad everyone could join us. Uh, That's Mark Bergen of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Matt Moderno of the Believe in Washington Wizards podcast. You want to listen to some basketball with him and Larry Hughes? Go check that out. Filled in admirably for the uh, Ravens today. We have Tony Dick and Charles Campisi, the two scorching hot take Browns guys. Team Jake Fromm, go listen to their stuff. It's really great, guys. And, of course, Chris of the draft analyst, him and Tony Pauline, have been covering the draft like Hawks, and they've been doing a great job. Go check all of these guys out. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. Really great stuff. Thanks
7: Thanks for having me, guys.
2: Awesome. (laughs) This is
7: great. We'll we'll let you know how the playoffs go. Let's do more (laughs) of these. Awesome. More hot takes.
2: More hot takes. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Really great stuff by everybody. Love it. Getting love, bringing the believe post together. So fun. And it's on zoom calls. We all get to see each other. It's really nice across the country. Just take an hour, you know, not to get too into it, but take an hour, talk a little football, you know, jab at each other a little bit. It's just a good time. A couple more things to tell you guys. Here's a quick word from our sponsors. And a couple more words from our sponsors that I'll provide. While you're waiting this out at home with us, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. With no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but betonline.ag still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. But sports aren't totally done. There's still eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, The Elections, The Spelling Bee. They are $750,000 poker series. What? There's still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your first welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And last but not least, maybe most important, with home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. You can wait for weeks for a technician to do a messy install that cost, that cost a fortune, or you can get SimpleSafe, the two-time winner of CNET Editors' Choice Awards. SimpleSafe blankets your whole home in safety. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching. Entry motion and glass break sensors, guards inside, guard inside. You can set up the system all by yourself, and it only takes 30 minutes. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police in a moment's notice 24-7, and it's just 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplesafe.com team today, and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day rate 60-day risk-free trial you got nothing to lose only everything to gain go now and be sure to go to simplesafe.com team that's simplesafe.com team for simple safe from simple safe and all of us here wishing you safety and good health hope you enjoyed the round table more to come these guys were great we're going to do a bunch throughout the year and stay safe and enjoy time with the family and friends or whoever you're with take care